Hello and welcome to this episode of the coaching podcast from British Canoeing. Welcome everybody to the coaching podcast at British Canoeing Awarding Body. Uh, my name is Lee Pooley, Head of Coaching and Qualifications. And as some of you may already know that um, I'm running a, a mini-series aimed at exploring um, with highly experienced coaches their thoughts and approaches to how they decide on what to coach or focus on during a coaching intervention. And I'm absolutely delighted today to have Chris Evans uh, from Plasi Brennan, who is the head of paddle sports there. And um, I've had the pleasure of working uh, on several projects with Chris over, over the years and um, also uh, as part of um, the coaching diploma that we run at British Canoeing. So um, welcome, Chris. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, thank you for the invite to this podcast. No, no problems at all. I really appreciate your time. Chris, what we'll do is um, before we actually get into the topic of actually, you know, looking at, you know, why you decide on what you do during your coaching interventions. I wonder if you could possibly um, give the listeners a bit of a background to yourself in terms of who you are, uh, your, your, your career um, uh, within paddle sport. Uh, yeah, no problem. Um, so grew up uh, outskirts of London. Um, paddle sports for me started on the Thames with um, a bit of competition paddling. So a uh, bit of slalom to start off with, um, then found um, freestyle. Uh, originally, I won't call it coaching yet, originally instructing was a way of me um, staying in boats and, and carrying on with that. And it wasn't really about the people that I met and interacted with it was about me staying in boats um it was only when the interest for how people learn started which was probably early 20s that i i sort of see that as the start of the coaching career the coaching pathway um and i've been lucky that you know coaching and paddle sports has taken me all over the place um you know as, as with any career i guess there have been sort of ups and downs with it but for the most part it's been incredibly enjoyable um I've started with uh, sort of whitewater coaching and instructing and uh, as I've carried on with it I've sort of diversified a bit and now end up coaching a lot of open canoeing, sea kayaking, paddleboarding, whitewater uh, and more recently um, been involved a lot with um, coach development and sort of facilitating leadership pathways as well which is incredibly exciting. Wow. Well, Chris, you know, you've, you've clearly got a diverse experience, you know, coming from, you know, coming from the Thames and, and starting your sort of your, your, you know, your freestyle um, rodeo or, or playboat and whatever we called it those days. Um, and, you know, you're now obviously, you know, you, you, as you allude to that, you know, you're delivering a lot of coach, coach development courses, you know, you're doing a lot of coach developing and, and helping people in their, on their journey, and also now head of paddle sports at Plasi Brennan. Um, typically, um, what would your, you know, typically what would your, um, what would your client base be? You know, who, who, who are they in terms of who you coach these days? Um, so that, um, the centre of Plaza Brennan, um, it, it sees quite a, a variety of people. Uh, I guess the sort of, the biggest group of people that we see are um, it's kind of adult coaching, um, most from the southeast, 
if I was to put a sort of finger on where people are from. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of it is uh, skills-based courses. Uh, so people come to us for a week or a weekend and the sort of sole thing they're looking at is improving over those over the days that they're with us. Okay. Uh, having said that, we do still get, you know, school groups in, youth groups in, um, stag dues, corporate days. So it's quite a nice variety of stuff, which yeah. is which is fantastic actually. Keeps things uh, keep things entertaining. Yeah, keeps keeps you on your toes, Chris. Um, yeah. So I mean that, that's really good, and I think it's really important that you know listeners, you know, do uh, are able to engage where you are coming from because when we explore certain avenues uh, within your coaching and the coaching interventions that you're involved with is you know it will be relatable so um thanks very much for sort of giving us a, a bit of a background there but before um before we move into the nitty-gritty of of you know what how you decide what you coach um can we um could you possibly give us what your you what your coaching philosophy is now and maybe how it is how it may have changed over the years yeah yeah uh, no problem. Um, that was uh, part of the coaching diploma that we went through was um, building that coaching philosophy. And uh, it's, it's quite funny because it's um, one of the things I talk about a lot with people now is that coaching philosophy and the power of it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I remember at the time not enjoying the task of writing that coaching philosophy because it was, you know, I had to be quite open about it and really think about it. Um, having said that, once it's done, it's almost here it is this is me and it's you know it's quite hard to it's quite hard to dent that which hopefully I'll get to talk about in a bit um, but my coaching philosophy now is about the, the people that I see about the learners and about their development and it, it should stem from them you know um, these people that we see at that centre or you know when I have coached and worked for other people um, they've paid good money to come and get that coaching and there's obviously a few things that will draw them there that will bring them there and that's the to me that's the interesting thing is you know what's brought someone to a coaching interaction and there's a there's a few things that do that it, you know it could be um a hurdle to get over a confidence knock a social thing and it's drawing out of all of that and working with that to their chosen end goals um Often those interactions are policed by the learners. Um, so if I bring it back to what my philosophy looks like, it's all centered around the learner. Mm. So where do they want to be? Where are their goals? Uh, what's their sort of action plan to get there? Um, and to for me to achieve that, it's about being up to date and current with um, coaching practices, with um, technical skills as well because that's going to be part of the input um so it, you know it really stems from the learner mm. yeah um and do you do you think over the years from you know from your early days you referred to um i'm not going to you said i'm not going to call it coaching i'll call it instructing mm -hmm. do you do you think you know has there been any changes from your philosophy you know from you know you might not even have knew it was a philosophy in the early days but you know you know has there been any has there, has there been any changes in the in your coaching philosophy over the years and also what about any significant episodes that that have, that have 
created change. You know, I know you've referred to the, to the British Communication Diploma, but is there anything else that's you know is is been quite significant in changing your philosophy? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been incredibly lucky with um, the people that I've not just coached and worked with, but also the people that I've called colleagues and mentors and peers. Um, these people that you have interactions with, that's obviously going to change um, some of the things that you do on the ground as you're coaching. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily call that little bit philosophy. That's kind of picking and choosing the bits that you put into your you know, everyday application. Um, I was thinking about this the other day and um, an early approach, if I was ever challenged, would have been, well, I'm the one with the tickets. <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll put my hand up. I'll, I will quite happily say, you know, I'm, I'm the level three coach. What do you know? Sort of thing. You know, and I'd heard that from other people. And at the time when I heard that from other people, it was, well, that's where I want to be because they're the font of all knowledge. Mm. And the shift actually, a, a little bit of it was helped with the coaching diploma. A bit of it is um, from turning up at Plaza Brennan and, you know, being quite full of ego about where I was and then appearing at that centre and realising where I was. Um, actually seeing that, okay, I might have these tickets and I might have a lot of knowledge about technical input, but the people being coached, those learners, they're the ones who really know themselves. They're the ones who've really got the information about how they learn, how they like their information, how they want the interactions to go, um, anything that's been a hurdle previously, you know, so uh, maybe they've been on the river and had an exciting experience. That's all owned by them by those learners and I as coach need to learn that to help with that pathway that's been the really big change mm. really yeah. big change yeah that, that's really interesting to to hear Chris you know they, those significant points of view you know that reality of going oh my you know almost not an embarrassed because that's that's who you are and that's where you were at that time but you know you know of, of well I've got a ticket so I know, I know exactly. I, I know exactly what you need, um, and I think it's as you, the more you actually delve into coaching. I don't know if you you would agree with this, Chris, but the more I've delved, delved into coaching over the years, it's actually a, a confirmation of how little I do know. Um, um, the more I delve into coaching, I don't know if you've if you've experienced that at all. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, it was. I think it was one of the first conversations that we had actually at. Mm -hmm. um, at one of the uh, residentials. It was just that lovely little sentence from you, which was, I thought I knew lots until I started this. And that, that really struck with me, mm. really struck with me. Uh, another thing that was, that was said there that sort of lines up with it was, um, it's like a 10 year cycle. So you, you sort of work on your skills um, as a coach, you find all these things that are fantastic and you sort of think, right, I'm, I'm here with it. I'm there. I'm, I'm really good. There's that 10-year pathway. And at the, that 10-year pathway, you go, all right, actually, there's a whole load that I hadn't thought of, that I hadn't twigged. And maybe that was ego and arrogance. And going right back now and starting again. So it's that sort of 10-year process. Um, that came out of, again, one of those residentials. Um, one side of me hears that goes, oh, so every 10 years, I've got to, I'm going back to the start again. 
but the other side of it thinks actually no there's a process now every every so often I'm going to find something that really challenges it and makes me makes me think I can be really good if I sort of include this into my practice and and um you know everything that you're doing out on the water with with people and that's that's quite exciting to me Mm. yeah it just sounds you know uh, as I said before you know I've had the you know the pleasure of you know you know working with you and you know and seeing you on the on the coaching diploma and um you know you can do it just hearing your voice as well you know the excitement of actually the development the learning that you're going through um which might be quite difficult for some people listening and thinking well what you know that you know chris evans he's head of head of paddle sports at you know pleasure brennan surely he doesn't need to learn much more but actually there is so much more isn't there um what I'm keen to do is to dig into now is the essence really of what this mini series is about. And you might have started alluding to it, but let's let's dig into it in a little bit more depth. Is so, Chris, what is it and how do you decide what to coach? What are your approaches? What are your considerations? Do you have processes? Let 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 let's let's explore that. Okay. Um I, I really like this question. When I got it as part of the email as this invite, I thought that's a that's a fantastic question. And it's one of those questions that a coach in me could go round and round and round for hours. Um, what I didn't want to do is, is sit here with the answer of it depends, because you hear that as a reply a lot. So I was thinking about this and you know, how could I how could I word it without saying it depends? However, it does depend. And um, that, <laughs> that that what to co- what to coach depends massively on the people that you've got, what you're coaching, uh, whether it's a skills course or whether it's a coaching or leadership course, whether there are other factors that might sort of steer where you're going. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole load of levels and layers to it. Um, I guess a syllabus course would be easier to talk about to start off with. The uh, knowing what to coach there will ultimately come from the syllabus. You know, there's a number of things that I've got to get into this course. Uh, what's the logical process for these things to be in? What time frame am I going to put to them? Um, the change there for me is rather than having times to stick to, there are a, they're a time as a guideline. So if uh, people have turned up and they've got loads of knowledge of one thing, I can make it so that I've just covered it and expand on other things if the knowledge isn't there maybe or the practical skills aren't there um if we go back to a skills course the the what to coach again previously it would have been well uh, i've got an intermediate whitewater course for example i know that one of the first things i need to look at is posture that would have been previous approach because it was yeah. all coming from coach now i don't know until i've had the conversation with the people on the course I've maybe seen them on the water and most importantly I think I've built some sort of rapport with them so that whatever is looked at is agreed mm. um, so that what to coach for me needs to come from that relationship with the learner you know if um, if they've come along for confidence for example and they want confidence building, 
if you were to go straight in with a technical skill, it might not address the confidence bits to start off with. So there might be some things here with confidence that need addressing, cleaning away a few ways of you know, coping with it and dealing with it. Not going to be able to focus on the technical until that confidence thing has been resolved yeah. and put away, if you like. And, um, and Chris, could I, could I just dig into that a little bit? Because um, listeners might be going, well, okay, so how do you, you because know, you said, well, see them, seeing them on the water. So you have a conversation, with you, then you, you see them on the water, and then you can you sort of have a discussion. Is, let's, let's concentrate on that confidence bit. What sort of things, how would you set that up on the water? How would you be able to see about confidence? Is there any test pieces or what would you ask them to do? It's just, it's just good to sort of explore that. Um, again, I guess for me, a, a starting test piece is sort of on the fringes of how I would previously have done it. Mm -hmm. You know, here's, here's a few routine things that I'm going to do so that I can see in my mind what that bias would be of a, a performance on moving water. Mm -hmm. um, I actually quite like just opening the doors to start off with. You know, here's a simple stretch. It's a nice big pool, warm up off you go and what you get to see there is not just what people are doing but how they're behaving so somebody who's completely confident in that environment they'll go off they go they'll start playing and they'll almost immediately come back with either this works this is comfortable or they'll come back with questions um somebody who's maybe not as confident maybe won't venture into the moving water, they'll stay where they are comfortable, or it might be that nice opportunity to start that conversation. You know, so you know, rather than wading in with, oh, you know, you, I can see that you're not that comfortable here. It might be there's that nice little jet over there. When when you're ready, go and have a play. Oh, I just need to adjust my boat. This isn't quite right. I've been in a rolling pool and I had shoes on, and you know, all these things might be that factor. It's it's almost buying time to have those conversations. Uh, so it's almost unstructured, that start. Yeah. That dive in there, have a play, completely unstructured. So you can start to pick all that out without those biases. Yeah. No, you know, and it's, it's quite interesting. You gave some really nice examples of maybe some indications to, to, to the listeners of, why you know what what actions people or behaviors people might be displaying to to you know because of a confidence issue isn't it so it's yeah it's really really interesting to it to explore that um within your within your you know you know very very clear to me that it's it's learner centered you know you're thinking about the individual etc um but typically at plazi brennan you've got two days or five day courses that's right isn't it around two yeah, sure. a week a weekend yeah. course or five days so if we can just concentrate on a on a on a on a two-day course that's that's a very short period to build up rapport and develop people isn't it so what what sort of top tips or or what could you um you know, give away to us as, as, you know, as listeners to actually give us some sort of top tips, golden nuggets of actually, you know, engaging and building up a repertoire quite quickly um, 
with someone for a, for a short period of time? Um, the best tip I can give would be just listen. Just listen. You know, if, um, if people have come to you for coaching, they've got their reasons for coming along. And those reasons are owned by that learner. They're theirs. And for you to be part of it, you need to understand it. So just listening, and that is listening to understand. So listening to understand, I'm not going to put my previous experiences on it. You know, well, I, I agree with that bit of confidence thing. I also took this horrible swim and that was how I got over it, for example. Mm. I'm just listening. And while I'm listening there, um, without putting my stories into it, without trying to sort of... Um, almost sympathise with them and uh, interact while they're while I'm listening. Um, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get as much information out of them. That listening, that first bit of trying to get as much information and trying to understand as much as you can, the next steps once that has happened will feel like it becomes very tailored, very individualised and personalised to that learner. And that's, that's, that's the thing to me that's quite powerful. You know, if, if I'm a learner and, and someone has taken the time to do that, they're interested in me and that's powerful. Yeah. So, so you're not really jumping to conclusions and you're not trying to come up with solutions for the first thing you hear, is it? You're, what you're trying to do is build up a, a much bigger individualised picture of, of what they're saying or how they're interacting or behaving. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. You know, and the interesting thing we get is we get everything from my confidence has been completely stripped. And, and we've mentioned the behaviours behind that. The, the behaviours thing is quite interesting. That can be everything from trying to hide behind it and being quite withdrawn to almost being quite aggressive. Yeah. You know, and that, that can be quite a hard thing to get through. So we get that at one hand and at the other end of it, we get... I just wanted a weekend away. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's it can be quite a balancing act, actually. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I want to exp just sort of you know, sort of delve into a little bit, Chris, is because you know you you know that you know, you know anyone listening you know, you know would you know absolutely agree with gathering gathering as much information as you possibly can for that particular individual. But you're, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to put some constraints in that I've seen. You know, I've been at Basie Brennan, you know, for, for many years. Um, I'm just going to put some constraints in, and then just, you know, po you know, pose a question to you. So, individualization, learner-centered, that's what you're about. So, you know, clients arrive, they have a, they have a briefing in the morning, if I remember rightly. Um, meet your meet your instructors for the day or for the course. Um, you got to think about where you're going to go. Minibus, travelling, equipment, loading up the trailer, <laughs> driving yeah. to the venue. Get you know, you know, and you may have five five people on your course. How do you absolutely? 
link it to what you've just talked about. How does that happen with, with all of those, those constraints you, you have to deal with um, and many other coaches uh, across the whole of paddle sport? How do you, how do you approach that, that, that di- dilemma? Um, see, the, the really interesting thing there is um, it, it's almost like you've got a 10-minute window to make an impression on someone and in that 10 minutes if it really feels like you're doing everything that you can for that personalized and individualized it becomes a a two-way relationship so yes um we've got minibuses and trailers and kit and a morning meeting and sometimes that can steal time from the day obviously if um there isn't water we are constricted to one area that we can use or two areas that we can use that can eat into the day as well um by going out of your way to not get people on site but understand build those relationships build that rapport with people it, it almost sees people becoming accepting of everything that's part of your work and part of your organization mm. um the flip side to that is there is no other stress. You know, if you come to that centre, we put your boats in a trailer, you get into one of our vehicles and you have expressed everything that's brought you there, everything that you want out of those interactions. And now you've got time where everything's taken care of and you're focusing on just that. You know, so it's, it, it, you know, it's a two-way relationship, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, Chris. And, you know, for me, you know, you know, just observing when I've been, when I've been, you know, you know and, and most centres are very much the same. It was just, you know, typically because, you know, you work there and it was just a, but, you know, your engagements that, you know, you will have those individual chats whilst walking down to the minibus, handing out kits, you know, you will have those interactions right throughout almost that continual process of probably over several hours to get the you know but they will be they will be split up throughout the day won't they so from introductions to walking down to the minibus walking back up to the minibus to get a bit of equipment with a with a with a learner or you know someone on the course so there's all those interventions all the time that you're you're asking questions and 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 getting lots of information back for you to be able to make uh, appropriate um engagements with that with that individual that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Chris, before we go um, and before we sort of round it up, um, you did you did talk a little bit about biases and biases that you've probably you've had in the past that that you may have you know brought into uh, brought into you know your your coaching. Um, question question for you: Do you have any biases now? Do I have any biases now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do. Um, we are, we all have biases. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is the, I think this is the really interesting thing. Um, these biases aren't necessarily, well, they've changed. Previously it was, um, this is a bias of how coaching should look and it comes from me. And now that's changed to, well, you know, you've, you've turned up on this course now. What do you want from it? How do the interactions go? And so on. The, 
biases now, I think, are more along the lines of technical skills. So we've all got a bias about what a perfect performance should look like. Mm-hmm. What should be part of it? What should be in it? And the interesting thing there is, again, if you've got a room full of coaches, that's another conversation that could go on and on and on. <laughs> what, does, what does perfect look like? Um, now, those, to me, if you just leave it there, that changing coaching philosophy to that statement don't sit together mm-hmm. at all. Now, if you use that bias as a shortcut, okay, so I've seen this person on the water let's try this a little bit because I know it gets to the next result quite quickly. What it's done is it's created a shortcut. So if it works for that person, you know, they go, Oh my God, this is, this is brilliant. This has changed it completely. This is the next steps. The interesting thing there for me is if they've come with their own ideas of what they need, what they want, what they want coaching for, they've got their own biases as well. So with these biases that we all have, you need to be aware of them and you need to try and find out the biases of the learner. And that's where that nice link comes in. If you get that link and maybe tweak yours a little bit because we're all different builds and body shapes and different boats and different wants and needs and you know different outcomes, um, getting that link to happen means that you have created a shortcut as opposed to a bias that gets in the way. Yeah, that's 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 a really great way of putting it, Chris. And um, um, I'm sure everyone uh, listening to this podcast really appreciates your your open openness and honesty about your your development as a coach and now as a as a coach developer as well. And um, you know, really appreciate yes, allowing us to to explore together about you know. And I know it's only over a, a short term, but actually, you know, you opening up to to how you you approach coaching. So yeah, thanks very much, Chris. Really appreciate um, um, all your all, all your comments there. And um, and you know, I, I do hope that uh, very soon um, you'll be back on the water. Um, and uh, Plastic Brennan will be back up open, and um, uh, and you'll having you'll be yeah, yeah, welcoming welcoming clients into your door. So, um, Chris, thanks very much again. Very much appreciated. Um, so, thanks very much for listening, everyone, and uh, make sure that you keep keep in contact with us, uh, British Canoe Awarding Body, and have a look out for the next coaching podcast. Take care, everyone. Bye.